Talk 104.1 and a good Friday morning, everyone. We are live at Scrambler's Friday Road Show, sponsored by Affordable Towing. My name is Nick Reed, streaming live, KSGF.com. We'll talk a bit about Biden's speech yesterday, which, uh, last night, I should say, uh, it, it really, I, there, there wasn't much substance. I, I imagine many of you took that away. It did surprise me that a speech that clearly was written ahead of time by people, not him, I think we all can pretty much admit that, even Biden supporters, that he's not writing these things, that it was very disjointed. Um, it seemed to really bing-bong around, almost like a stream of consciousness, uh, you know, from Iran to Ukraine to um, how mean Americans are to to people of uh, uh, the Muslim community, um, 9-11, back to Ukraine, and... What many people had anticipated was going to occur is that he was going to use the popularity of support for Israel to uh, push for unlimited, unchecked funding, the continuation of it for Ukraine, essentially setting the stage to hold funding hostage to help Israel in order to give Zelensky whatever it is that he wants. And that's essentially what he did in his announcement last night. Uh, was letting everyone know he's going to send to Congress that uh, much-needed and, and, and popular support for Israeli funding, but he's going to tie Ukraine funding to it. And the hope here, of course, is that uh, it will put Republicans, particularly those that are very pro-Israel, between a rock and a hard place, those that don't want unchecked funding going to Ukraine. There are a lot of Republicans that have no trouble with supporting financially or using tax dollars, American tax dollars, to to fund what's going on in Ukraine. But they, they want some oversight, particularly given given how we have seen over the past several years and just you know, in Israel, for example, our tax dollars or our efforts that deal with dollars being used for terrorism and the concern that which is something in fact we played the audio joe biden when he was running for the nomination back in 2007 was uh, talking about the suggestion that we pull out of afghanistan and he was warning against trying to do that saying that if if uh, you know, we did that. It would take well over a year from the beginning of withdrawal. And if we tried to do it any sooner, then those weapons would end up in the hands of people that would try to kill your children and grandchildren. That's what he told a Democrat audience. Now, of course, I don't know if he saw his own future because he would do just that. And then we would see just that happen. So there was one example in which Biden did have clarity in terms of a foreign policy move. The problem was he is the one that ended up ignoring his own warning. Uh, but he was accurate in that assessment. And there are just a number of Republicans that want to make sure these dollars that are going to Ukraine, that we just have at just a minimum of, hey, can we get an outline of where this stuff is going? And the Biden administration does not want that to happen. So tying it to Israel 
is their attempt to essentially put Republicans in a place that if they stand fast in their demand for some sort of accountability for dollars that go to Ukraine, that they will be voting against funding for Israel, knowing that that can be used against them to make it look like they're anti-Semitic and so forth. And so that's largely what last night was about. And at the same time, trying to make Americans forget that the Biden administration is actually funding the terrorism as we see it. We've got Ryan. We're going to chat with him, A1 Custom Car Care, here in just a moment. First, the latest news update. Good morning, everyone. I'm Angela Luna. A man found guilty of endangering the welfare of a child is sentenced to seven years in prison. Matthew Fries was originally charged with rape following accusations that he sexually assaulted a 17-year-old girl at his home in Aurora. Earlier in the week, Fries entered an Alford plea meaning he doesn't admit to the crime, but agrees there is enough evidence to convict him. A clerical error in LaClay County has made it possible for thousands of residents to see an increase in their property taxes this winter. The error involved a new increased tax for some Lebanon and Phillipsburg residents, which were not collected in 2022. Now a judge is ruling the county can collect more in this year to make up for it. Presiding Commissioner Randy Inc. says the money is needed to repair roads and bridges. He also adds the hearings were held to make the public aware of the change before it became official. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. The first alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunny 77 for a high today. Clear with a low tonight of 53. Sunshine 78 tomorrow. Sunday sunny high of 71. Ryan from A1 Custom Car Care who's currently giving vehicle advice yeah. to our very own Sarah Myers. Vehicle advice. Vehicle advice. Vehicle advice, which of course happens every Saturday with Dustin Atwood and Sarah with uh, the A1 Custom Car Care Show. But um, you all, we talked about this earlier. I think it was this week, Sarah and I, maybe it was last week, the the new, very exciting facility. And it actually, I know we've talked about this in the past, it's more than just bigger space. There's new, uh, it's going to give additional uh tools i guess if you will yeah. Yeah. E- equipment and tools um the additional space is a big deal because for what more than 35 years now yeah. that location has had a hard time kind of servicing bigger vehicles um you know being able to handle a large volume of vehicles i mean they had, they had four bays right that makes it tough they have a very loyal following uh, a lot of people from the the middle of Springfield, you know, go there, and this is going to make it to where if you need stuff done, you know, not only are they going to have that special equipment, but you know, service times are probably going to be a lot better. Um, the ability to just take work in and go, yeah, that's cool. We'll just get it done. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. That's going to be nice for everybody. And uh, as far as that equipment, they'll have an alignment rack that's like flush with the ground. So, like, if you've got, you know, a lot of these newer vehicles, you've got those those big fiberglass things in the front where all your, like, radar sensors live and stuff like that. And when people have to try to drive those onto, like, a raised rack, sometimes they're like, oh, we can't do it. Mm, you got to go to the dealer. Okay, I didn't know that. And then with those radar sensors and everything, or, like, Ford, the 360-degree cameras, mm-hmm. all that stuff has to be recalibrated when you realign the vehicle so you get new tires and you want to do an alignment because you don't want to wear your tires out you you know pump a curb or whatever and you want to get an alignment yeah you gotta go to the dealership wait for the guy from you know out of state to come after three months and blah 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 it's a giant mess 
and they'll have that equipment. All right. They'll they'll be able to. It's it's going to be crazy. And when is that slated to open to the public? So, not an official date yet. Right. There never is. Um, or a even lot of it there is, is. It's just yeah vague. A lot of it is is finishing the last you know little finishing touches you know painting and All that right. sort of thing, um, but probably close to the maybe the beginning of November, okay. so relatively like early soon. middle of November. So we should have a date here soon if everybody stays tuned to KSGS. All right, they'll You'll be know able it. to know. Very good. Sounds awesome. Exciting, and it's always good to see. Indeed. Ryan from A1 Custom Car Care coming up uh, just prior to the speech, clearly sending a message. Uh, last night, uh, Iranian-backed terrorists launching missiles at U.S. troops in Iraq. Also, whether we want to admit this or not, we are in it. We are one of our uh, ships, the USS Kearney, intercepted a missile coming from Iran-backed Houthis near Yemen. So multiple attacks from multiple fronts with multiple targets, including U.S. troops, though I, I suspect much of this is going to be downplayed, probably ignored as well, because people who understand and recognize history recognize that this is oftentimes how nations slowly get drawn into war. They never officially say, green light, let's go. It's tit that little bit here, a little bit there, and before you know it, you're saying, what the heck happened? Springfield's Talk 1041, live from Scrambler's Friday Roadshow, sponsored by Affordable Towing. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. All right, everyone. Welcome to the show. If you do miss any of it, the on-demand section at KSGF.com, easily available, also the KSGF app. The American Transmissions Talk and Text Line 447-KSGF. Biden made that Oval Office address last night. I I, I don't believe it's going to move the needle any. I I don't think that anyone was inspired. Uh, Biden has set the bar so low in terms of speaking and communicating the fact that outside of, you know, kind of getting close to the mumbling uh, levels that we are sometimes accustomed to, uh, I think that Democrats are like, this is the greatest speech he's ever given. And technically that could be true uh, because it is all relative. And Biden, particularly in his time as president, he is not known for having any sort of articulation or any sort of coherence even. So the fact that he had to sit down, there were no distractions, he had everything right in front of him, uh, you know, it was for him on the surface a decent performance. So you can imagine the celebration at the White House last night. However, in terms of substance, not much there at all. I don't believe that there is anyone who feels uncertain uncertain about what we are currently doing, be it Ukraine or Israel or anywhere else that walked away afterwards thinking, well, I feel better now. I highly doubt there was anyone as an American who, particularly when it came to Ukraine, have concerns about the absolute unlimited, unchecked spending 
that we are allowing Ukraine to do with our U.S. tax dollars that felt more secure afterwards. I thought, oh, well, now I understand and feel better. Biden gave the traditional terrorism is bad and we're the greatest country in the world. Okay, all right. There's not much detail in that. Now, let's just talk about a number of aspects of this. Number one thing he did announce is that we are going to be pumping billions of dollars of aid for humanitarian purposes into Gaza. But boy, we're going to keep an eye on Hamas. And in the minute that that gets used for nefarious purposes, it's going to be cut off. But if it isn't, then we will continue the flow of tax dollars. This, make no mistake, is going to fund terrorism. In the con, I, you, this is <laughs> how best to frame this: the funding with Iran, the six billion dollar ransom. In addition to that, the tens of billions of dollars that the Iranians have been receiving because the Biden administration decided not to enforce oil export sanctions against the country. We all know that that money goes to terrorism. The Biden administration has taken the absurd stance, no, no, it's just for humanitarian purposes. They pinky swore that that's all that it would be used for. We understand the fungibility factor. We all understand the reality that even if we personally hand out those dollars or have oversight of those dollars, making sure that they go for the social programs of the country of Iran, the dollars that Iran would have used for that, they no longer have to. So then they can use that money for their number one priority, and that is terrorism. The fact that this administration would announce last night that they're going to repeat that exact same mistake this time with Hamas, because that's what that announcement was. The announcement of humanitarian aid last night was the announcement that we are going to do the exact same thing. We are going to fund terrorism in the same way that we funded it through Iran, and that is allow them access to dollars for, quote, humanitarian purposes. With the ludicrous claim that we are somehow going to monitor and the laughable assertion that if we find out that they're going to use this humanitarian aid to actually instead help terrorism, that we're going to stop the funding. They've already demonstrated that. The United Nations revealed last week that they were shocked to find out all of the medical supplies, the humanitarian supplies that had been provided uh, to Gaza, to the Palestinians, they found out all of it, it was gone, that the Hamas stole it. We know they're going to. Everyone knows that they're going to use this for the purposes of one way or another promoting terrorism. There's a couple ways they do it. They either use it for terrorists or the family members of terrorism, or they sell it on the black market, and then they use the dollars in order to promote terrorism. That, that's how this works. Understand, Hamas is an organization 
just to give you an idea of how they operate, and everyone knows that they operate this way. In order to help, we keep hearing about dirty water, dirty water, dirty water, right? The open-air prison in Gaza, dirty water. The Israelis some time ago, in order to try and improve the infrastructure in Gaza for the purposes of delivering clean water, paid for and delivered to Gaza the piping that would be needed in order for that infrastructure to be created. Do you know what the government did? They used it to develop missiles and missile launchers. This is what they do. And, of course, the irony of it and the kick in the teeth that the Israelis get is here they are the ones that have been trying to improve the quality of life for the Palestinians. The government of Hamas takes those uh, those efforts, they take the hardware, they take the dollars, and use it for terrorism purposes, leaving their citizens in the open-air prison, and it's the Israelis who get blamed for it. This is, this is what they get. And the fact that we announced last night, it just shows that we have, we, this is part of the problem we have with this administration and, frankly, oftentimes the United States in general dealing with these issues, Trump being the exception, of course, is we, even when an effort goes underway at our direction and it turns out badly, we never go, let's not do that again. We say, let's do more of it. And it's not just Hamas that does this. We've seen this over and over and over again. It was the same deal with North Korea for years and years and years and years and years. Trump, of course, once again being the exception. And our government has even acknowledged this, at least during the Bush administration when it came to North Korea, and we were grappling with whether or not to continue to supply humanitarian aid, and it had been recognized that North Korea was using the humanitarian aid. It was largely food that was supposed to be used for the people who were starving in North Korea, was used instead to feed the military. What was left over was sold on the black market, and that money was used to fund the military. And we knew that we acknowledged during the Bush administration that we knew that was happening, but we were going to continue to give them humanitarian aid anyhow. In other words, we continued to fund the North Korean military. And here we are looking at the direct results of the humanitarian aid concept applied to Iran and the results of Iran recognizing that they're going to have a massive amount of money coming their way and the results of that. And then within the results of that, what is the answer? Let's do that exact same thing with Hamas. How much more foolish can we be? And this is the real problem with this level of foolishness. We can sit here over, you know, over here in the United States and thus far not having suffered the sort of repercussions that they are in Israel because of these decisions. But you think about the people and some Americans that right now, God only knows the horrific conditions that they're being kept the horrific we're talking about little kids some of these some of these kidnap these hostages are children 
there are real life implications to this stubborn and arrogant approach of refusing to acknowledge the way we're doing it is wrong refusing to acknowledge that we are are being had that the terrorists are taking advantage of our stupidity and because of that complete and utter refusal to admit it and continuing to do things in the same manner people are dying horrifically because of that men women children are are having their family members stolen from them in the most horrific fashion imaginable there was a billionaire podcaster who's clearly extremely anti-trump once referred to him that being trump as an idiot savant minus the idiot who in his podcast noted you know when you look back on it, Trump was right about this. A lot of this stuff and dealing with terrorism and dealing with the Middle East, he was right. Can you imagine what this world would look like if everyone approached these situations with that sort of honest and ethical approach? Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Coming up, 10 o'clock this morning, Suntan City, 25 bucks at KSGF.com. It's $50 worth of services you can get for $25 with a local for less half-price deal. That will, once again, be available at KSGF.com at 10 o'clock. And those of you who have the app, you know this, you get a heads-up reminder a couple of hours beforehand. If you do not have the app i recommend you download it because you do get those reminders and you also get access to special deals that are only announced through the app at godfather's pizza the four area godfather location stores we're talking about springfield battlefield ozark and nixa they do deliver sometimes in fact that is what the deal is a free delivery deal uh, other times it's a buy one get something and so forth and it's it's oftentimes different from week to week, but that's the only place you can uh, get that information. So when you do call for your delivery or maybe you're going to take out or just go in, uh, you will know what it is that that deal is to ask for. Going to get a traffic update as we broadcast live from Scramblers. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Because I know I got you. Sarah Myers, everyone. Hey, thank you. Well, hunting season is among us, and if you are looking for a good, reputable gun shop, look no further than my friends at Quick Draw Gun in Monette. Now, if you don't follow... You get one of those 100-round chamber guns That's right. Brad and his team can help you out with that. (laughs) Now, um, if you are looking for anything specific, Quick Draw Gun, they have got you covered, and I do recommend that you follow them on social media, and the reason I say that is because whoever runs their social media does a fantastic job, and they post 
post whenever they um, have restocks. They post when they have new inventory, uh, different sales, so on and so forth. One thing that they've been pushing lately is their home defense shotguns and also their custom laser engraving projects, which if you haven't uh, seen any of that work, I recommend that you check that out. It would also be a really good Christmas gift, especially if you have that person in your life that's a little difficult to shop for. That would be a really good Christmas gift. Keep that in the back of your mind. Now, if you are needing any ammo, maybe you're looking to add to your collection, highly recommend that you take a trip down there to Quick Draw Gun and Monet. Speak to Brad. And of course, you can find all of their contact information housed under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com. First alert forecast from Color 10. Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunny 77 for a high today. Clear 53 tonight. 78 tomorrow. Sunday, sunny high of 71. So Biden last night said, quote, if Hamas does not divert or steal shipments of humanitarian aid, we're going to provide an opening for sustained delivery of life-saving humanitarian assistance for the Palestinians. In other words, he just announced a nonstop flow of funding to Hamas. That's what this is. Does anyone for one moment believe that this administration is going to, regardless of what evidence that exists, Cut this funding off to Hamas. They haven't done it so far. Why would they start now? How is this going to be monitored? Clearly, this is all going to be dependent on Hamas giving us an update as to whether or not they're stealing it or not. I wonder what they're going to say. This is, we know what, this is just so maddening that we are continuing to do the exact same thing. There was the report yesterday or the day before about the USS Kearney intercepting missiles fired by Iran-backed Houthis near Yemen. ABC reported a U.S. Navy destroyer has been involved in a security incident in the Red Sea. A U.S. official said Thursday the USS Kearney encountered multiple missiles launched by Houthis in Yemen and fired missiles in response, the official said. The Houthis missiles uh, missiles were not thought to have been fired at the ship. Now, two things about this. Number one, we are now we militarily we're in this. Now, to what extent, to what degree, this may be the extent of it, but this is uh, this is what happens when you are in a war. You're shooting down missiles, and so we have taken that step. And some would argue that we should. That's fine, but let's not deny reality but to further the point about how it is that we are continuing to make moves that are beneficial to terrorists the houthis are the ones that fired these missiles at what we're being what uh, the u.s is saying they were headed towards or towards israel let me share a story for uh for with you rather from nbc this is february 5th 2021 Biden administration to remove Houthis from terrorist list, reversing another Trump policy. The decision by the Trump administration to designate the group that controls 80% of Yemen's territory was widely condemned by international organizations. So this, you know, once again was a move that Trump made that everyone pitched a fit about, and that was recognizing the Houthis for what they were and saying these are terrorists. We are going to recognize them as a terrorist organization and thus treat them like a terrorist organization, which, among other things, meant quit giving them money, quit giving them supplies. 
for, quote, humanitarian purposes because they use them for terrorist purposes. And you know what the argument was against mean old Trump for labeling Houthis as a terrorist organization? Was that it would be a humanitarian catastrophe because that meant that we would not be able to continue to give them humanitarian aid, which, of course, much like Iran and Hamas, they turn around and use in order to fund terrorism, to make terrorism possible. And so these very people that the international community condemned, that one of the very first things Biden did, got in there, was reverse that decision, and now we are there in the Middle East, engaged in battle, shooting down missiles from these very people. At the same time, the U.S. forces in those that are in Iraq were attacked as Biden was preparing to speak from the Oval Office. Baghdad, October 20th, Reuters, rockets have hit a military base hosting U.S. forces near Baghdad's international airport. Iraqi police said on Thursday drones and rockets targeted on Thursday evening. The Ain al-Assad Air Base, which hosts U.S. and other international forces in western Iraq and multiple blasts were heard inside the base, two security sources said. The Iraqi military said it closed the area around the base, started a search operation. It was not clear yet whether the attack caused casualties or damages, said the source. Rockets have hit another military base, hosting U.S. forces near Baghdad's international airport, according to Iraqi police, without at the time providing further detail. On Wednesday, there were two drone attacks one of which caused minor injuries to some of our troops. Iraqi forces aligned with Iran have threatened the U.S. if Israel ramps up action in Gaza. Boy, I tell you what, this administration we have is handling this masterfully. The assertion that was made by Karine Jean-Pierre a couple of months ago that, you know, Biden, she was pushing back against concerns of his stamina, his age, his mental acuity, saying that you have all these people in a room and Joe Biden is the one above anyone who takes it all in and is able to take that information and better than anyone, formulate it for solutions. He runs intellectual circles around everyone else. We're really seeing it at play here, aren't we? I, it is... It is devastatingly frightening. In my life, it seems like every time a Republican is president, we hear the media talk about you know, the countdown clock, whatever that's just clock. When it hits midnight, that's, that's when the so-called experts, the so-called experts say this it could be total world annihilation because World War III will break out. And when Trump was president, boy, they'd adjust that clock. It never seemed to be adjusted in a fashion that reflected reality because the reality was under Trump, we became much safer. We became much more stable. I haven't heard much about that clock, that countdown clock. I haven't heard these grand announcements about the experts, the nonpartisan, nonpolitical experts talking about how close we are to a World War III scenario with that doomsday clock, despite all of the madness it is unleashing, the realignment 
Russia has long strategically been a supporter of Israel. They have publicly demonstrated a more even-handed approach, but when it is when it has come down to it, Russia has been there to back the Israelis. And much of it was strategic because of the stability anchoring that it provided and because of the allyship with the United States, the relationship with the United States. They saw you know, the United States with Israel as this sort of anchored stability, and so that was where the smart bet was. That has changed. Russia is now aligning against Israel. Saudi Arabia was was expected even by some in the Biden administration to officially ally with Israel because of the Abraham Accords. They have they have switched over the last couple of weeks to where the phone calls are now occurring with those who are allied against Israel. We are seeing relationships shift in a manner that is in no way, shape, or form good for the world. And it is because of the utter and complete instability that has been caused by an administration that, unfortunately, isn't erratic as much as it is consistently making decisions that benefit the bad guys. And everyone is taking advantage of it. Springfield's Talk 1041 Live from Scramblers. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. There's a story just the news has Democratic billionaire Trump foreign policy. Pretty incredible in hindsight. Oh, you think? If results are what matter instead of egos and partisanship then you do get a much different perspective and clarity as to what's going on. Just the News writing amid ongoing chaos in the Middle East and American involvement in multiple conflicts on the global stage, one Democratic billionaire is reevaluating the Trump administration's tenure, which notably saw the U.S. enter into no new major wars. Former Facebook executive Shamath Palahapatiya, a Democrat who increasingly leans towards the political right, said that in- increasingly as these things unfold, said that, quote, Trump derangement syndrome has prevented people from honestly evaluating the administration in a recent episode of All In Podcast. Quote, what those guys did was pretty incredible in hindsight, he said. To really be able to, like, find long-lasting peace is just a real example of the real world. His co-host, or he co-hosts the podcast with his friends. He had previously been critical of the Trump administration, at one point calling Trump an idiot savant minus the savant. The billionaire went on to highlight the Abraham Accords, a landmark diplomatic agreement that saw Israel normalize relations with the United Arab Emirates and Iran, uh, while paving the way for similar developments with other neighboring nations. Apart from the Trump administration's international accomplishments, he also conceded that Trump's efforts to build a border wall had largely been vindicated amid a broader surge of illegal crossings. He said so much of the work that happened in that administration's in that administration turns out to have been right 
And that's what's so frustrating for me, he said. The work on the border wall, we didn't like the messenger, so we killed the message. Turned out it was right. Can you imagine how much better we would be as a country if everyone, Republican and Democrat, took that approach? Hey, let's forget how much we hate the guy. Let's look at the results. And I say Republican and Democrat because you listen to some of these Republicans. Chris Christie, Asa Hutchinson, uh, you know, any of the establishment, the Mitt Romneys of the world. And they act as if Trump was the worst president we ever had. And if you just take out the fact that people on the left scream about how horrible and awful he was, but instead you do what this Democrat billionaire was doing and said, maybe we should move past our derangement and hatred for this guy and look at what he actually did. And by gosh, the results were pretty remarkable. The results of the Trump administration were the results that the left constantly promises they will provide if they become president or get control of things. While they provide results that they claim would be the results of somebody like Trump. It's a complete upside down, and it's only possible because Trump derangement syndrome, and that combined with just the absolute arrogance of the elites who refuse to believe that they could be wrong. And it is a marriage of the two because, yes, there is the hatred for Trump. But aside from that, you have to understand how these people, they are part of the elite, a part of the State Department, the Ivy Leaguers. These people fancy themselves being brilliant. They fancy themselves brilliant because they have resumes with all of these awards, these accolades, these positions. Uh, they're on this think tank board and that think tank, and they went to this university. Meanwhile, Trump is just some blue-collar worker who happened to make it real big, He's got lots of money and bought his way into the White House. And it, Trump is a reflection of their failure. Because acknowledging that Trump's way of doing things is the right way is a moment of self-reflection that not only that they're, they're wrong, but everything that they, their entire identity is non-existent as they see it. Their entire identity of being this brilliant person who knows how to finesse these issues for the better good is nothing. Everything that they have told themselves that they are, they aren't. And that's a very, very difficult recognition for any human being. And before Trump came along, largely, regardless of the administration, Republican or Democrat in the modern era, handle these foreign policies issues pretty much the same. From Bush to Clinton to Bush to Obama to, you know, but Trump was the, the outlier. He was much different. And so when Trump didn't exist, regardless of Republican or Democrat, it, because there was no alternative to them, there was no one that showed, oh, wait, these things can be successfully done. It allowed them to believe that they were the smartest people in the world. But these were insurmountable challenges. These were, it, it was they, they were Einstein trying to break that final, that final puzzle, right? And the fact that nobody else could break that final mathematical formula, um, you know, made sense because if Einstein couldn't do it, no one could do it because Einstein's the smartest guy in the world, right? So they were able to 
continue to believe that they were the smartest people in the world because, of course, no one could solve these problems, so they could not be expected to um, without a great deal of effort. So then Trump, this buffoon, comes along who probably has never even read a book in his life, and he manages to do what they can't. To admit that and to say, okay, wow, we figured out the right path, start doing that, means acknowledging that they are frauds and that they have bought into themselves fraudulently. So the combination of, and that's largely one of the reasons that they do hate Trump, so things dovetail to some degree, but you take that combination of hating Trump and the human the, the human characteristic, the difficulty of acknowledging that everything I thought I was is untrue is why it is that we continue to have these people refuse to do the right thing and acknowledge the truth about what works and what doesn't work. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. I was talking earlier about the doomsday clock that often would be referenced. Um, I, I recall a number of mainstream news stories of the doomsday clock. This is where the the brilliant minds give us an indication as to uh, the end of the world based off of war and conflict. I definitely remember hearing about it during the Bush era. Anytime it would move, it's half a second closer to, to, I think, midnight. That's the doomsday. And so I was referencing this. Somebody texted in on the American Transmissions talk and text line that the doomsday clock is 90 seconds till midnight, the closest it's ever been. To my point, I'm not hearing this touted. Is this leading any broadcast as a reflection of the results of this administration's approach in dealing with Afghanistan, dealing with the Taliban, dealing with China, dealing with Ukraine and Russia, dealing with Hamas, dealing with the Houthis, dealing with Iran, dealing with the Israelis, dealing with all of these different... uh, You know, it's amazing that given that the clock... And I, I have no reason not to doubt the the person who texted this in is closer to doomsday than it's ever been. Yet we never hear that referenced in any of the evaluations of the Biden administration's results. Isn't that a remarkable thing? And of course, we shouldn't expect it to be any different. I, I know most people noticed, and, and there's really no need to go into it with great detail, but once again, the Biden administration, most of last night, he, was, he shamed Americans as much as anyone else and tried to create this, what, what, what the Israelis or, what, the, or the, what Muslims are going through as the exact same thing and challenges, particularly here in the U.S., that the, uh, that the Jewish community is going through, and that could not be further from the truth. You know, they keep talking about this nut job who stabbed this woman and her six-year-old kid because of what's going on in the Middle East. And, of course, the reason that that gets used as an example is because in this entire country, that is the one one instance that they can find. One. News in 60 seconds. I'm Nick Reed.